So good morning, everyone, and welcome our eighth grade to be accepted to the Holy Spirit. They all have a project this year is to pick out a saint that inspires them. Uh, I have the scapular that I wear, a uh, saint that always inspired me, a uh, man, a few words, Saint Joseph. And on the scapular it says, we are born to love, we live to love, and we will die to love still more. Today, we have uh, our, uh, what, what we live for, what we die for, and what we're alive that is to love. And Jesus gives us the macro picture. I mean, why do we exist? Why do you, why, um, do you exist at all? To love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's the big picture. But here's the question today, and especially for those to be confirmed, is why are you born in the new millennium? Why do you exist today in 2023? What is your way to love? There's a war going on in Palestine and Israel and a war of human trafficking, and a war between Ukraine and Russia that you all heard about. And why are you alive at all? Why are you alive today? Why are you here now? What is the micro picture? So let me tell you a story about a, a man you might have heard of, Tim Tebow big old football player, uh, won two national championships as an underclassman uh, for Florida. No, Florida. And he also played Major League Baseball. He was only in the NFL for maybe three years. But what happened is, you know, he said he discovered why he was here on Earth and how he was to love why and how he was here and how he was to love, his place in this plan to love. So one day he was in the Philippines and he was in the jungle. And in the jungle he met a man, actually a little boy, who had his feet. He was born with his feet backwards. Can you imagine someone backwards? And right then, it said that it opened his eyes and it pricked his heart. And so now he goes all over the world to help deformed children. So in Africa, uh, just recently, there was a boy in a tribe born with cerebral palsy. The mother never heard of it. And the tribe said, well, why don't you put his head in a plastic bag and smother him to death? That was their answer to this deformity. And then, because Tim Tebow's heart was pricked and his eyes were open, he started this foundation that happened to exist in this same part of Africa. And the mother took her boy to this clinic and they treated his cerebral palsy 
now he can stand, and now he can say a few words. If Tim Tebow was never born, and his heart was never pricked, and his eyes were never opened, that little boy would have had his head in a plastic bag and suffocated. All in the name of compassion. That's the compassion. But today he lists. And so I ask you, ask all of us, how do I know my purpose in life? How do I know how I'm supposed to love in this world? And the answer is, where is your heart pricked? And where are your eyes open? It's kind of like, and I added this because I saw the kids do this little pumpkin thing. And when you love God above all, it's like he reaches down from heaven and clears out all that gunk so that we can better see who we are in his eyes and not in the eyes of TikTok and the world and so on. He cleans us out when we love him first. And then, you know, when we can see, he opens our eyes and he pricks our heart so we know our significance in this world, that we can love in a way and bring love that nobody else can. Then they put a candle and the pumpkin, of course. We'll call it the Holy Spirit. And each person who has now their eyes open and their heart pricked, they can bring that light in a unique way, each of you in a unique way with the Holy Spirit to that bring that love out into the world. First, love God. He cleans us out. He puts a light in us. Our hearts are pricked. Our eyes are open. And we know exactly our purpose, the reason why we were born, the reason why we will die, and who we are called to love. All of you, before you receive the right of acceptance, is, well, who's going to be your saint's hero? That might be the one who will be the one to open your eyes, prick your heart. What opens your eyes? What pricks your heart? And so we're, we're going to listen to a life of a saint today. Maybe some of you will pick this saint to be your hero, your heroine. So let's listen to Linda uh, and think about, again, how we are called to love in this world. Good morning. St. Gemma Gauguin, very remarkable life. She was born in 1878 in Lucca, Italy, and was developed a great devotion to prayer and the Mass from her mother, who died when she was just a very young girl. A devotion to Christ's passion blossomed in her from the Passionist nuns who educated her after her mother's passing. The Eucharist and the Passion of Christ were one in her heart. She made her first communion at age nine, which was a young age for this sacrament at this time. 
she prayed fervently for the grace to know perfectly the life and the passion of Jesus. Due to chronic poor health, Gemma was forced to quit school before completing her studies and caused her to leave the nun she so dearly loved. Ed died, leaving her and seven siblings without either parent. After being a mother figure for her siblings for a while, Gemma moved in with her aunt and uncle, but shortly after became very seriously ill with meningitis. She was moved back to Luca, where her illness caused her to be bedridden with paralysis in her arms and legs, gave her migraine headaches and partial deafness. Her doctors tried everything they could to help her, but only made her worse. They had given up hope and cure, for a cure and expect her to pass away. Gemma was given a book on the life of the then venerable, but now, Saint Gabriel Pacenti, whom she began to pray to for her, his intercession. He had visions, giving her strength and encouragement. Eventually, through his intercession, she was miraculously healed. Although healed, she continued to suffer from persistent weakness. She had hoped to join the Passionist Nuns, but her chronic bad health caused her to be refused multiple times. Instead, she took private religious vows and lived a quiet, prayerful life with a family her confessor had asked to take her in. While living with this family, more incredible graces were given to Gemma, and she experienced visions, locutions, and the stigmata, which appeared every Thursday and stopped the next day, leaving white marks where the wounds had been. Gemma could see Angel, often sending him on errands to deliver messages to her confessor who lived in Rome. She also saw and had, had conversations with Jesus. Several times he gave her the grace of seeing his actual crucifixion. This caused Gemma deep sorrow for all sins and gave her the desire to suffer with Jesus in reparation for them. Gemma was often found in a state of ecstasy and her words were recorded by her confessor or a member of her family that she lived with. Although her life was hidden, these recorded ecstasies, as well as her letters, diary, and autobiography were made public after her death. Her writings are a treasure trove of Eucharistic insights. And one, is it possible that there are souls who do not understand what the Blessed Eucharist is, who are insensible to the Divine Presence, to the mysterious and fervent effusions of the sacred heart of my Jesus. O heart of Jesus, heart of love. In another entry, she wrote, yesterday in the presence of Jesus in the blessed sacrament, I felt myself burning so fiercely that I had to go away. I felt stunned that so many could stay so close to Jesus and not be reduced to ashes. I felt I would be consumed. Jesus is such a sweet and irresistible lover. How can one fail to love him with one's whole heart and soul? How can one not wish to be wholly united to him and consume? Daily, Gemma was eager to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. Yet aware of her unworthiness, sometimes she would get red-faced and embarrassed before the Lord. She once commented, Jesus gives me all of himself, though I give him nothing worthy in return. I always ask him for so many things. And to tell you the truth, I'm afraid of wearying him. But he says no, and not to worry. Blessed be Jesus. In early 1903, Gemma was diagnosed with tuberculosis. A few months later, at the age of 25, she died on April 11th, Holy Saturday.
She died with a smile on her face. 30 years later, she was canonized as Saint 33 by Pope Pius XII. Despite her many sufferings, Gemma was known for her kindness and sympathy towards the poor. She offered her sufferings in union with those of Jesus for the atonement of the world's sins. We can be like Saint Gemma. We can also offer up any sufferings God sends to us in reparation for all the sins in the world. Saint Gemma is the patron saint of students, pharmacists, tuberculosis patients, spinal injury, migraines, love, and hope. Saint Gemma, pray for us. Thank you.